This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, good afternoon everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Bruchem Abayim. Nice to see everybody. Parshas Kiseitze, Bruchem Abayim to the Kailal Agra de Perka. We have a very important subject today. We're headed toward the Yom Aram, And like we always say, ready or not, you know, they're fast approaching. And even though we're still in the summer, we're what we call we're in the dog days of August, but the days of Elul are passing by. When the Aserat Simei Tshuva begin, we offer the Tefillah, Avinu Ma'kenu, Zachreinu L'Zchuyais, we say, Kasveinu B'Sefer HaZachuyais, number one on the sheet. Kasveinu B'Sefer HaZachuyais. The Rosh Hashiva of Kelm, Rav Daniel Movshevitz, who... I don't know a lot about his personal life, although I know I do like his first name. Rav Daniel Movshevitz would ask the following question. How can we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, write us in the book of Merit, HaKoyl Bidei Shamayim Chutz Miyura Shamayim. What do you mean God write us in the, in the book of Merit? You want Merit? Go do mitzvahs. And if you don't do mitzvahs, there's nothing God could do for you. There's one thing HaKadosh Baruch Hu retracts from. Hashem controls everything in this world. The weather, the economy, health, even your sports team. Everything is controlled by God. There's only one thing He doesn't control, and that is your mitzvah, But when it comes to right and wrong, that's a person's free choice. So how could you say, If we do mitzvahs, then we'll be written in the Book of Merit. If we don't do mitzvahs, then we will not be written in the Book of Merit. Now, we're still in the beginning of Elul, and we're reading this week, Parshas Kiseitze. And Parshas Kiseitze has more mitzvahs in this week's Parsha than any other Parsha in the Torah. There are more mitzvahs in Kiseitze than any Parsha in the Torah. How many, how many mitzvahs are there? There are 74 mitzvahs in this week's Parsha. Ayin Dalid, Gematria Aid. Just like in Kriya Shema, we have the big Ayin, the big Dalid, as testimony to the unity of God. So too in this week's Parsha, we have Ayin Dalid mitzvahs. And the Sefer Sifsei Tzaddik points out that the reason why there are more mitzvahs in this week's parsha than any other parsha is because we know there's a principle. When you learn about a carbon oila, it's like you brought an oila. When you learn about a shlamim, it's like you brought a shlamim. So before the Yom Adin, Hashem wants to be mezakeh us with many, many zechuyais. So therefore, Hashem gives us more mitzvahs to learn about in this week so that we could accrue to our benefit, to our record, more mitzvahs than any other week. So it's important to pay close attention to all the details of this week's parsha. And in that case, if there are more mitzvahs in Kiseitze than any other parsha, then probably this week's parsha has something to tell us about the proper way in which we perform mitzvahs. Let's begin this subject with an astounding halacha. We know if somebody kills B'shoigeg, Chas someone's pulling out of the driveway, and instead of pressing on the gas, um, and, uh, instead of thinking their car is in drive, their car is in reverse. 
and Hashem Yishmerenu, Loyalenu. Somebody kills someone, Beshoigeg. So the halachas, they have to run away to the Arei Miklan. In the interim, their life is in danger. Why is their life in danger? The Goyal Hadam, the avenger of blood, a relative of the, this, of the victim, is allowed to kill the murderer. And the halacha is, the murderer runs away to the Arei Miklat, and he remains there. And Einoi Yoitzei Misham, he does not leave there. What about if he sees the new moon and he has to testify when Yom is? No. What if he knows testimony about money? He knows he could uncover the Ponzi scheme. He could help the economy recover. No. What if he has testimony on a different capital offense? No. What if he's the general of the Jewish army and all of Israel is dependent on him? No. He can never leave. It says, Asher Nas Shama, Sham Dirasai, there he should live. Sham Misasai, there he should die. Sham Kfurasai, there he should be buried. He may not leave ever, ever, ever. That's the halacha. Asher Yanos Shama, he runs away there. That is the halacha of Are Miklat. Now, the question is that the Achroinim ask, the million-dollar question, as we know, v'chai bohem, that nothing stands in the way of pikuach nefashais, that if somebody puts a gun to a Jew's head and says, we're the shotness, otherwise I'm going to shoot you, you got to put on the shotness. Speak Lashon Hara, otherwise I'm going to shoot, you got to speak the Lashon Hara. Somebody says, I don't know, talk during Chazar Sashatz, otherwise I'm going to shoot. You know what? Under those circumstances, you could talk by Chazar Sashatz. How a person, v'chai bohem, Jewish life supersedes any mitzvah, except for the cardinal three. Therefore, ask the Tferes Yisrael and other achroinim, how could the halacha be that if Klal Yisrael needs this person because he's a general of the Jewish army, and he could, he could save Jewish lives, how could it be that he's required to stay in the Ari Miklat, but shouldn't, his ability to save Jewish life supersede the command to remain in the Arei Miklat. That is the kasha of Tfaras Yisrael. He says, "Timihani harei klala amina derak shmichazdamim avizagdos rayas oimdim b'fnei pikuach nefashos." And don't say that's only averos are pushed away when it comes to a person's own life. But it's not true. We know you're allowed to desecrate Averos to save another person's life. So why can't he leave the Arei Mikla to save a life? Comes of Shlema Akayin Mi Vilna. And he says, I would say that it doesn't mean he's not allowed to leave. He is allowed to leave. Even though he's allowed to leave, it means that that doesn't exempt him from Galos. Meaning, Let's say he leaves Rabbi Sai to save the Jewish people. So you might think, okay, he was given a dispensation to leave. Now he could remain outside of the Arei Miklat. No, he has to get right back in as soon as he's finished doing what he needed to do. When the, the Gemara says that Eino Yoytzei Misham L'Oilam, it means he doesn't permanently leave. That's what it means. Eino Yoytzei Misham L'Oilam. He doesn't have... He can't take a... Uh, indeterminate absence. Rather, he could leave, of course, to save Jewish lives, but he better get right back there as soon as his job is over. 
That's how the Cheshek Shloimei learns. The Ar Sameach has a wondrous approach over here. There's a bit of a controversial uh, point whether a person is obligated to risk their life to save another Jew. Is a person obligated to risk their life to save another Jew? Is a person obligated to risk their life to save another Jew? And, you know, uh, uh, here's an afkamina. You know, there's a, a major subject of organ donation. Now, maybe today, or likely today, it's... Um, likely today it is perhaps not dangerous, but I think even today there, it does pose a risk to the donor... Are you obligated to risk your life to save another Jew? And it seems like the Beis Yosef brings, the Kesav Mishnah brings, that it's a machloikis, um, it's a machloikis between the Yushalmi and the Babli. The Yushalmi says you are indeed obligated, you're not obligated to give up your life to save another Jew, but you're obligated to risk your life to save another Jew. And some Achorinim bring that the Bavli disagrees that you're not obligated to risk your life to save another Jew. And we basically, Paskin friends, a person is not obligated to risk their life to save another life. But the question is, where in the Bavli does it say you're not obligated to risk your life to save another life? And the Arsameach suggests, is this Gemara? Because if this guy is going to leave the Ari Mikla to save Jewish lives, is the Goyal Hadam allowed to kill him? You bet. Those are the rules. You stay inside, you're safe. You leave the confines of the Ari Miklat, you're taking your life in your own hands. So the Goyal Hadam is allowed to kill him. So therefore, says Ar Sameach, the reason he's not allowed to leave the Ari Miklat is because he's endangering his life. And hence, what the Bavli is saying is a person's not obligated to risk their life to save another Jew. This is the rationale why you're not obligated to leave the R.A. Miklat. The reason why we tell the general, don't leave the R.A. Miklat to, to uh, save lives is because he's endangering his own life. Because the Goyal Adam could kill him. And then we see from here that one is not obligated to risk their life to save another Jew. But we would like to present today an astounding approach of why someone who kills B'Shoigeg cannot leave the Arei Miklat even if it means, even if he's someone who's a general and he could save Jewish lives. Marv Ravosai, we are all familiar with the teaching of Perkei Avos, Mitzvah Goireres Mitzvah. In Perkei Avos, Perk Dalet, Mishnah Beis, Ben Yoimer, have a Ratz Mitzvah Kala Kechamura. Run to do a small mitzvah like a great mitzvah. Why? Shem mitzvah goireres mitzvah. One mitzvah draws another mitzvah. Va'avera goireres avera. And one avera draws another avera. Sheschar mitzvah mitzvah. The reward of a mitzvah is another mitzvah. Uschar avera avera. And the reward of one avera is another avera. Okay. 
And the Medrash brings down, what's the source of this? The source is this week's parsha. How so? It says in this week's parsha, you're going to go out to war, you're going to see a beautiful woman in captivity. Hashem says, even though I allow you to take her, nevertheless, I don't want her to find favor in your eyes. Make her disgusting. You're going to end up marrying her. You're going to have a Ben Surah Moira. Then there's going to be someone, the kid's going to be eligible for a death penalty. Oh, we see Avera Gareras Avera. However, Mitzvah Gareras Mitzvah. You're going to chance upon a bird's nest. From that, you're going to be able to build a new house. From that, and you're going to build a fence around the house. Then you're going to have a vineyard and you're not going to plant it Klayim. Then you're, not, you're going to have a field and you're not going to plow a, an ox and a donkey together. And then you're going to make tzitzis for yourself, mitzvah, goireras mitzvah. And Rashi brings down these inyanim in this week's parsha that taking the Eishas Yifas Toyar is going to lead to Ben Saru Moira, is going to lead to Mishpat Maves. Rashi also brings down that if you build a new house, if you're Mekayim uh, Shiluach HaKain, you're going to um, build a new house. You're Mekayim in the Mitzvah Maka, Mitzvah Gareras Mitzvah, and it's going to uh, um, reach your vineyard, your field, your clothing, and you're going to move up and up and up with more and more opportunities to Mekayim Mitzvah. So the source of Mitzvah Gareras Mitzvah are the juxtaposition of the various subject matters discussed in Parshas Kiseitze. So let's begin to discuss the uh, rationale. Why is a mitzvah goyreras another mitzvah? Why is that? And Rabbi Yoyna offers us uh, a number of reasons. He says, when a person does a small mitzvah, ki mitzvah ketana pamachas, he brings God close. And he trains his spirit to do Avedas Hashem. And it becomes easy to do another mitzvah. That maybe the second mitzvah has a little bit more tircha than the first mitzvah. But once you've trained yourself to go out of your way, let's say nine points to do a mitzvah, then it will be easier the next time if a mitzvah comes up that requires an effort of ten points. You'll say, well, you know... I'm already accustomed to doing that. And then when you do a second mitzvah, that will make it easier to do a third mitzvah that might be even more difficult. Basically, Rabbi Isai, it's like a weight training. You know, you start off, you lift 10 pounds, then 20 pounds, then 30 pounds. I'll give you an example. You tell somebody who's unaffiliated, okay, who's Fardi? You say, okay, starting now, you have to wake up every morning, an hour before Shachris with Slichos and then Davening, huh? He's used to waking up 20 minutes before he has to go to work. He has, a, he has a breakfast and he leaves. Now he has to wake up two and a half hours before? It's very difficult. So, Mitzvah Gereras Mitzvah is basically Chinuch. Where, okay, I'm already used to, uh, I'm already used to giving of myself and sacrificing certain comforts and certain uh, conveniences for Avodah Hashem and for service of Hashem. So the next time when Slichas comes, okay, it's just a bit earlier. You know, it's within reach. It's within grasp. It's not, it's not so distant. It's not so remote. That's the first Indian of Mitzvah Goyreras 
mitzvah. Rabbi Yonah, by the way, explains the, the principle of schar mitzvah, mitzvah, Baruch Ata Adainai Elohinu Melech Ha'elam Shehakayal Niyabidvarei. Amen. The Rabbeinu Yonah explains, schar mitzvah, mitzvah, is as follows. He says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not give a person the ability to do anything. Everything in this world is accomplished by God. We get up in the morning, God did it. We shake a lulav and esrog even, God did it. We put on tefillin, Hashem did it. We speak nice words, Hashem did it. We speak insulting words, Hashem did it. So then, what do we have to do with it? God gave us the ability to choose. Ubacharta b'chayim. Once we choose the path, whether it's good, then Hashem will be with you. And if you do the mitzvah, that mitzvah will assist you to do another mitzvah. Because otherwise you don't have the ability to act and to accomplish and to achieve anything. Because a person's actions are from heaven. It's only the track that you put yourself on when you choose. So basically, when you're choosing a certain path, once you choose that path, God allows you to be placed in that path, and that path will bring you to more and more and more mitzvahs. Okay, let's, let's explain this further. The Rabbi Yosef Gektilia, who's the author of the Shari Oiro, one of the classic works of Kabbalah, he wrote a sefer called Klalei HaMitzvahs. And he says, actually, the mitzvahs of the Torah are like a chain and a ladder. Whether they're mitzvahs asay or mitzvahs loisaseh. If you do one mitzvah, that mitzvah will literally lead you to the next. For example, it says, don't think, don't have improper herhurim in the day, and that will bring you to impurity in the night. Like Reb Pinchas ben Yar said, from here we see Zahiros brings to Zrizos, brings to Nikios. You hear the principle? An improper thought in the day will bring to defilement in the nighttime. But on the flip side, one mitzvah brings to another. Here's an example. The Gemara Menachah says that you see the mitzvah of tzitzis, it will bring you to other mitzvahs that are dependent on it. For example, when could you say Shema B'Shachris? When you could recognize between the Tchelas and the Lavan. Which means the mitzvah of tzitzis is like the rung which will lift you up to the mitzvah of Kriya Shema. So in other words, the mitzvahs are like, uh, not an escalator, but an electronic ladder. That once you step on the first rung, that rung will then propel you up to the second rung. That's another idea of mitzvah, goyreres mitzvah. So Rabbeinu Yoyno learns that it's a psychological approach, a practical approach, where you're basically training yourself to give up of yourself for the sake of Hashem, and that will make it, that will facilitate your ability to accomplish more mitzvahs. But then there's a Kabbalistic idea that each mitzvah is linked. Tzitzis is linked to Shema. 
by being Mikayim Tzitzis, it will bring you toward the recitation of Shema. The Chassid Yaivitz, Rabbi Yosef Yaivitz, by the way, this Yaivitz is not Rabbi Yaakov, and then Yaivitz stands for Yitain Eitza Be'es Tzara. He was one of the Gerushe Sefarad. He brings a wondrous idea that all the mitzvahs of Hashem, Kulam Keshurais Zubazai, they're all tied to each other. Just like God is one, the Torah is one. Someone who says, I'll be Mekayim all the mitzvahs except for one, he's a Mumar, because he's not accepting the corpus, the body of Torah. And he is included in Oror, Oror Asher Loyakim. The reason, there's a reason why we have 248 mitzvah sasei keneged a person's limbs and 365 mitzvah sasei sasei keneged a person's sinews because all the mitzvahs are connected and tied. Mamela, or, or as the Maral explains it, don't think that a mitzvah is a candle and the Torah is 613 candles. The Torah is not 613 candles. The Torah is one unit of light. This is what it means. Torah is Gematria 611. And with Anoichi and Loyelachat 613. The Torah is one. Memela, listen carefully. When a person accepts upon himself a mitzvah, He's accepting the entire Torah because he's grabbing a hold of one unit. If a person says, you know what, I'm going to embrace tzitzis. Ooh, you're going to embrace tzitzis? You're embracing the whole Torah. The example is, I'm, I'm picking up the bottle cap on top of the bottle. Oh, I'm just going to pick up the bottle cap? I'm going to pick up the bottle. I'm going to pick up the label around the bottle because it's one entity. If a person embraces one mitzvah, the entire Torah comes along with it. The Torah is not 613 distinct segments. It's one corpus. It's kiner mitzvah. A mitzvah is a candle, but the Torah is not many candles. The Torah is light. It's all the candles together. Memela, if a person, you know, if somebody is far from Torah, a good eitzah is you tell them, okay, just be mekayim one mitzvah. They'll say, okay, which mitzvah? Say, pick an easy mitzvah. Okay, I'll put on a pair of tzitzis. Ah, uh, their life has changed. Because they're not just being Mikhaim tzitzis. They have just embraced the 613 without even knowing it. Because the Torah is one corpus of Torah. This is another Indian of mitzvah, goireres, mitzvah. The Vilna Goin has a Kabbalistic interpretation of this. He says something very interesting, something that often people have a hard time uh, understanding. He says, one of the great mysteries of life is why people like to talk. That's, that's the reality, people like to talk. He says that he doesn't understand. I understand people like to eat. It tastes good. There's a physical pleasure. There are other physical pleasures we understand. So a person might like to eat. So he may even like to eat non-kosher food. A person might want to engage in certain pleasures. He might even engage in illicit pleasures. Because 
Because, okay, we can understand that. It feels good. But one thing we can't understand is why people enjoy talking. A, it's a waste of time. B, you want, I can understand, I understand why people go to sleep. But why do people talk? They're sitting around the corner. What are they talking about? They're talking about the price of tuna fish. I mean, are you kidding me? You're not living longer because of it. You're not getting exercise out of it. You're not getting money out of it. You're not getting health out of it. You're not getting rest out of it. What are you getting out of, you know, yenting around? Talking about, oh, did you see the centerpieces at Faivol's Chasana? You know how much it cost? And right after that, they, they didn't even give it to a gamach. They threw it straight into the garbage. Where does he have all that money from? Ah, uh, Yerusha that he had from his Elta Zayda, who is in the tuna fish business. I mean, they're talking and talking and talking and talking. Why are they talking? Says the Vilna Gain, an amazing revelation. The Vilna Gain teaches mitzvah goyreres mitzvah. How does that work? Says the Gain, when a person does a mitzvah, God sends an angel. And that angel is a certain, it creates a certain desire. Now that you've done the first mitzvah, you have a desire to satisfy this need that the angel that was sent to you has engendered where you have no rest and respite and menucha until you fulfill a bigger mitzvah. And then when you do the bigger mitzvah, God sends another ruach mimaraim, and, and this ruach mimaraim desires an even greater mitzvah. And you have no menucha or an hashgate until you do an even bigger mitzvah. And the, therefore, the greatest mitzvah in the world is Talmud Torah. So when a person learns, after he learns, he may feel satisfied. God will send down a ruach that will not rest until you learn even more. And then when you learn more, God will send down another ruach that has desire for more mitzvahs. And sometimes you see a tzaddik, a gadol, and you say, what in the world, how does he... How does he do that? How does he learn so much? How does he accomplish so much? The man is possessed. I don't know, is, is, there, is, there, is, there, is, is he possessed? And the answer is yes, he's possessed. He's possessed for, for good. The man is possessed. That's the way of the world. But says the guy, and it works the same way on the flip side. Because if the greatest mitzvah is learning Torah, the greatest sin is idling away time and just nonsensical chatter. And after you spoke about the price of tuna fish for a half hour, a ruach will come and it will not rest until you analyze the, um, the, I don't know what, um, some other nonsensical issue for even more time. And then you will have more of a ruach and another spirit that will will not have any respite until you talk even more. So there's no physical pleasure from talking. There's no sensation that you have like when you eat or engage in other pleasure. But there is this mystical direction where when a person does a mitzvah, a spirit comes and doesn't allow a person to be settled unless he accomplishes even greater mitzvah. And conversely, lara, in terms of idle conversation, Shatter Dvarim Betelem. This is the concept of mitzvah 
goyreres mitzvah, va'avera goyreres avera. But now I would like to share with you what I humbly believe is a, one of the most important dimensions of mitzvah goyreres mitzvah and avera goyreres avera. The Pasuk says in this week's parsha, ki sivneh bayis chadash, you're going to build a new house. Ve'asisa ma'akelagagacha, you will make a roof, you will make a fence for your roof. Or, as they say in the Olam HaYeshivas, Vasisa Maika Lagagacha. If you ever hear Yeshiva Lai talking about a Maika, now they're talking about the word Ma'ake. If they lean it that way, you have to correct them. But if they're just talking and learning, they may pronounce it that way. You got to make a fence. Why? You don't want there to be blood in your house. Because it will fall the one who has fallen from it. So Rashi's troubled. Why does it say that he will fall the one who has fallen? He didn't fall yet. Why do we call him fallen? It should say because someone who will fall may fall from it. Why do we call the person who will fall the one who has already fallen? So Rashi says the answer is, because if you don't put up a fence, technically speaking, the guy who falls, it's not your fault. I caused him to fall. God decreed he should fall. Imagine, you know, the, the person who owns the roof is taken to court, and the judge says, why didn't you put up a, a fence? Some employee fell down. He said, what? Pliny fell down? God decreed he should fall. What do you want from my life? Well, the judge says you should have put up a fence. Why should I put up a fence? Only if he wasn't supposed to fall, he wouldn't have fallen. And if he fell, that means God decreed he should fall. What do you want? Why are you busting my chops? Says Rashi, no. This person who fell, he was worthy to fall. Nevertheless, Hashem brought about his death through you. Because God brings merit through the medium of the meritorious. And God brings um, detriment through those who are detrimental. Which means as follows. When this person falls and dies, of course God decreed that he should fall and die. So why does a person who didn't put up the roof, why is he liable? Because when God wants to bring about disaster to someone who disaster was supposed to happen to, God is looking for an eligible medium, an eligible candidate to bring it about. And when a person is negligent, they basically are waving their hand, Hey God, I'm a chayev, I'm a negligent person. I would like to be eligible to be your agent, to be the medium and the shliach to bring about bad things. So even though it was supposed to happen to the guy anyway, but the reason it happened through you is because you did something wrong. You were negligent by not putting up the fence. On the other hand, the Pasuk says, um, the Gemara says, God brings about merit through the meritorious. What's that doing here? What's that doing here? Who's, who's meritorious in this Pasuk? The guy didn't put up a, a fence. The Ion Yaakov says, well, conversely, let's say, if someone does put up a fence, then there won't be spilled blood. 
Then it will come out that if someone ever went up to your roof and didn't die, you were the one who saved him. So after 120, the guy goes up to Shemaiah and says, God, I would like reward for saving the life of Pliny. So the Malachim said, what are you saving the life of Pliny? Pliny wasn't supposed to die. No, of course Pliny wasn't supposed to die. Of course Pliny, it was decreed that he should be saved. But God was looking for an eligible person to bring about the salvation of Pliny. And when you were responsible, and you did the responsible thing, and you put up a rule offense, you were saying, God, God, I'm doing, I'm a good guy. Can I be your agent to save Jewish lives? God said, yeah, you're my man. You're my man. And after 120, you're going to be rewarded with saving a life. What do you mean? But the person wasn't supposed to die. No, it was decreed he wasn't supposed to die. But God was looking for a few good men and you became one of them. How? By doing the zechus of putting up a fence. So what do we see from here? We learn another aspect of mitzvah gaireres, mitzvah. Dear friends, do you think a person in life could just do mitzvahs? You think you could just do mitzvahs in life? Yeah, I'll go put on tzitzis. I'll go learn Gemara. I'll go help uh, somebody with something. I'll go give tzedakah. You think you could just do mitzvahs? A lot of things are needed to do a mitzvah. You want to learn Gemara? You know how many people don't know about this year? You know how many people maybe weren't feeling well, they couldn't come on this year? You know how many people, they got into, uh, they didn't have time to come to this year? You have to be zoichet to do a mitzvah. You have to be eligible to do mitzvahs. You have to, Hashem has to select you to have opportunities to do mitzvahs. Let's think about the guy who's putting on tzitzis in this week's parasha. You know how many things he had to do to get a pair of tzitzis? He had to see a bird on the road, do shiluach hakein. By doing that, God said, you know what, let me give the guy opportunity to buy some real estate. So he bought a house. Now he has the opportunity to put up a fence. Oh, he put up the fence. God said, let me uh, get him an orchard. Oh, uh, he got an orchard. He doesn't plow. He doesn't plant climb. Oh, he doesn't plant climb. Let me give him a cow and an ox. He doesn't uh, plow with them. God said, let me give him a nice clothing so he can wear tzitzis. I have a question. Why didn't the guy put on tzitzis in the beginning of the story? He's walking down the street. He sees a bird that needs shiloh hakein. Why didn't he put on tzitzis then? The answer is, circumstances in life did not afford him the opportunity to wear tzitzis until he became the zakai. That God said, okay, he has now elevated himself. I would like him now to be given additional opportunities to do mitzvahs. From here we're learning an, an unbelievable principle. Don't think in life, you can say, okay, Rebbe Shalom, I'm going to go do mitzvahs. You need to be given opportunities in life. And in order to get the opportunity, you need to be deserving of it. And in order to be deserving of it, you need to start by doing small mitzvahs. And when a person does a small mitzvah, God says, okay, this person is now zakai. He is, we call innocent or meritorious. Let me use him to bring about 
greater mitzvahs in the world, greater zechusim in the world. This is a principle of megalgalen zechus al yidei zakai. You see, mitzvah goyreres mitzvah works that by doing a small mitzvah, you become a zakai. Once you become a zakai, now it can give you and afford you opportunities to make more mitzvahs. You know, we think we're going into the Yom Naram, and we say, okay, I did a few things wrong this year. Let me try to clean them up, and then I'll be good. You know, I, I think I could take care of it in two days Rosh Hashanah, one day Yom Kippur. And Rabbi Yonah reveals to us that wiping away sin is not the only avoidah of the Yom Naram. Don't think the only thing you need to pray for is Hashem should forgive you. More important than praying that Hashem should forgive you is to pray that Hashem should want you. You hear this? We need to pray that Hashem should want us. That Hashem should want our mitzvahs. And that Hashem should give us opportunities to do mitzvahs. And that Hashem should afford us chances in life to be Hishliach, to accomplish the Chuyais. You need to be a Zakai to, for Hashem to be Megalgan's Chus al Yadcha. Rabbi Yoyna writes in the Shari Tshuva, V'oid Yispalo Baal Tshuva. The Baal Tshuva should also pray. El Hashem, Limchais Ka'av Pashav, to wipe out like a cloud your sins, V'cha'anan Chatoisav. But the Baal Tshuva should also pray, Sheyach that God should want you, V'yertzehu, and find favor with you, V'yeyaser and be entreated by you, Kasher Chata. The mashal I like to give is, let's say, you know, somebody insulted you. Let's say you had a good friend. You used to go out for here with him, to, if, for lunch, once a week, you would go out to the shop, and eat together, and schmooze together, and enjoy each other's company, and he insulted you. He invited you, he made a wedding, he invited you to the chuppah. Chuppah? I thought I was your best friend. He really hurt your feelings. So he calls you, he apologizes, uh, very nice. The next week he says, Hey pal, you want to go out to the shop for lunch? You say, No thanks. Say, what do you mean? I thought you were Michael me. I was. What, you didn't mean it? No, I was Michael you believe Shalim. So why don't you want to go out to the shop? I was Michael, I don't hold it against you, I don't want you to get punished, but we're not friends anymore. So just because Hashem forgives our sin, doesn't necessarily mean He wants us. You know, we're, we daven, Man, We say, Hashem, don't cast us away. What does it mean, don't cast us away? It means even if you've forgiven us, we want you to want us. Because says Rabbi Yoyna, Ki Yitachin, it's possible. Liyois Ha'avay Nislach, that the sin is atoned for. Viniftem and Hayisurim, and a person is redeemed from tribulations. Umikal Gezeron, from every decree. Ve'ein Lashem Chayfetz Bay, God doesn't want you. Umincha Yirtsem Yadai. And God is not desirous of your offerings. Visavas hatzadikim, the desire of the righteous, min from the greatest successes in this world. 
is lahafek ratzoin me Hashem is to gain goodwill from God that God should want you. One of the greatest hatzlachos in this world is that God should want you. Because if God wants you and there are good things to do in this world, He'll use you as the vehicle to accomplish them. Because in order to do mitzvahs, you can't just do a mitzvah. You know, you see people who did great things. You can't just do them. You have to be zoicha to be able to do them. You have to be a zakai in order for Hashem to be megalglins chosal yadcha. Comes the Aruch HaShulchan and the Aruch HaShulchan reveals mamish a davar nifla admaid. He says... Then if you want to know why if somebody killed B'Shoigeg, if they're a general and they could save Jewish lives, we don't allow them to leave the R.A. Miklat, is think about what this guy did. The guy killed B'Shoigeg. So you say, well, it's not his fault. He didn't do it intentionally. Yeah, but if it happened through him, then on some level, he was not a Zakai, he was a Chayav. And if he was a Chayav, then he says, well, let me leave the Ari Mikla to save Jewish lives. We say, pal, you think you could just save Jewish lives? You know what kind of Zuchus it is to save a Jewish life? You know how meritorious you need to be to be Zoycha to save life? We say, pal, if you brought about someone's death, then it is improbable that you will be successful in saving other people's lives. Because in order to save someone's life, Hashem has to be megalgal and zuchus al yodcha. But it seems like, we don't know, maybe you did shuva, but it, right now it seems like you're not the zakai that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be megalgal zuchus al yodcha. This is such an important principle. Because not enough to daven to Hashem, Hashem forgive my many sins. But one needs to daven to Hashem, Afinu malkeinu, kasveinu b'sefer zuchuyos. Write us in the book of merit, you know what that means, Hashem, please reckon me a zakai, someone who's meritorious. Because I, I want to be, some, I'm waving my hand, I'm raising my hand, I'm saying, Rebunisham, if you have mitzvahs to be done, I would like to be eligible to do them. You can't just do mitzvahs. You have to be eligible to do mitzvahs. You can't just wake up and go, okay, today I'm going to do a lot of mitzvahs. You need to have a zechus to do mitzvahs. And that's something you could pray for. Avinu malkeinu, kasveinu b'sefer zechuyais. Ramatasio Solomon, Hashem should send him refu shalema, cites Rav, Davni, Rav Daniel Movshevitz, Rashiva of Kelm, who would say that even though this is from the shortest, if not the shortest tefillah we say in the Avinu Malkeinu, but in a sense, it's the most important tefillah we say. You say, Rebbeinu Shalom, please, I know that in this world, you can't just do mitzvahs. You need to be worthy to, be, to have the zuchus to do a mitzvah. Avinu Malkeinu, Kasveinu, B'Sefer Zuchuyos, I would like to be written in the Book of Merit. I would like to be eligible for greatness. Eligible to be able to accomplish the Chuyais.
The Aruch HaShulchan says, someone who killed B'Shoigeg, we never allow him to leave the Ari Miklat. But Klal Yisrael needs him. You're right, we need him. But he's not going to be able to do it. It's not going to work out. He will not. He doesn't have the merit to be the instrument to bring salvation for the Jewish people. And this is our tefillah. It's a heart-wrenching tefillah. Avinu ma'kenu kasveinu b'sefer z'chuyu. So Pasha's Kiseitse, that has more mitzvahs than any other parsha. it's also a program, it's a handbook of how to be mekayi mitzvahs. You got to start small. There are many dimensions of mitzvahs mitzvah. Number one, Rabbi Yoyna, you're training yourself to go beyond your comfort level for Hashem. Rabbi Yosef Gektilya, each mitzvah is like a rung in a ladder that propels you to the next mitzvah. The maral, the Rabbi Yosef Yaivitz, the mitzvahs are one body, so perforce by doing one, you're already embracing all of them. The gra is a fourth pshat, that when you do a mitzvah, it creates a ruach mimaroim, and is not satisfied until you do another one. But the fifth approach that we've uncovered is the way mitzvah goyreres mitzvah works is megalgalin zechus al when you do a small mitzvah so to some degree you become a zakai you're now eligible for greater zechuyos HaKadosh Baruch Hu should allow us all to be considered before him as zakoim v'sheyach bo Thank you very much everyone. I wish you all a wonderful week. I want to remind everyone at 4.30 uh, we learn the Sefer Tzipisali Yeshua of the Chafetz Chaim. 4.30 Monday through Wednesday. Tzipisali Yeshua of the Chafetz Chaim. 4.30pm, same channel. Have a great day. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.